Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. We're going to get into the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 27. And before we get there, uh, I just want to say congratulations. Sister Sally got her citizenship this week. Amen. Welcome. Amen. To citizenship. That's such an awesome accomplishment. I know it took her a good amount of time, and we we honor her, and um, we're so happy for you, Sister Sally. Amen. Acts chapter 27. I, I don't know this worship team, you know, that they, they did an awesome job leading us to the king. Amen. Can we give them a hand clap? What y'all don't know is they got here this morning, the ACs wouldn't kick on. So they were up here sweating and practicing, and it was humid in here. And luckily, we got the AC company. They came out and they kicked the ACs on. So if you get cold, we can't turn them off. They just on. Amen. But we'll get it taken care of before the next service. But I, I honor them for what they've done in this house and leading us to the throne today. Amen. I believe that they were right in line with what the Lord gave me to preach today. If, if you have your scripture, uh, your Bible, turn in the scripture to Acts chapter 27, verse number 20. Pastor, again, sends his regards. He is recovering. He's getting much better. He'll be back. Come on, stand up with me. Let's, uh, let's get ready to read the Word of God. I know y'all haven't sat down all service, but I'll let you sit down in a minute. Amen. But uh, Pastor does send his regards. He's recovering, doing well. And uh, he'll be back in just a few days. And uh, we pray for his quick recovery. Amen. How many of you love our pastor? Acts 27, verse number 20. It says Paul, and he's on a ship trying to make it to Rome because of a trial that he's been through. And as a Roman citizen, the Jews tried to take Paul and stone him, but he appealed to Rome being a Roman citizen. And so the Bible said that he had to go see Caesar in Rome. And so it was the centurion's job to get him there. And we're going to pick up in the middle of their journey. And I'm just going to preach one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's so rich with... Um, illustrations for our faith today and Acts 27 20 says this they were in the middle of a storm and it said when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us somebody say that no small tempest it wasn't a small storm it was a big one the the King James calls it Euroclidon it had its own name Euroclidon has hit Paul in his ship and they're tossed, and neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. No small tempest lay on us. He said this, all of our hope of being saved was at last abandoned. And since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them, and he said this, Men, I love this. He says, you should have listened to me. See, just a few scriptures before, Paul told them that he perceived that their journey would be with great danger that they should go ahead and take port and not try to sail through the winter. And he said, men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now, he says, I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you but only of the ship. He says, you're going to make it but the ship will not. You're going to survive this but what you came here riding will not. For this very night, Paul said, an angel of the Lord stood by me. To, uh, an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I worship. He said, do not be afraid, Paul. 
For you must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But listen to this. He says, but God's going to do what he said he did. God's going to come through on his promises, but we must run aground on some island. Paul says, an angel of God told me everything is going to work out in the end. But we must. Somebody say must. Paul said, we must run aground. Today, I want to preach to you from this simple subject. Necessary storms. There's some phases, some things we go through in life that just must happen. Paul said, we must run aground. I want to preach to you about necessary storms storms would you just lift your hands and can we pray for God's spirit to speak in this house Lord God right now I pray you would prepare our hearts prepare our minds to receive and to respond to the word that you've given us God we praise you we thank you for everything that you've already done in this service and God we just place the rest of it right in your hands God in the name of Jesus everybody said amen God bless you you can be seated have you ever looked back on something that you went through and realized that in order to be where you are now, it just had to happen? Amen? In order to be where you are today, it had to happen. It was necessary. You had to go through that trial. You had to go through that circumstances, that that job taught you that your future wasn't in retail. I remember in Bible college, I was folding clothes every day. I had to go through that, Sister Kia. I had to. Because the Lord needed to let me know that folding clothes was not my destiny. It had to happen, right? And uh, that, that relationship that you went through and that hard split that you suffered taught you what kind of person you were not looking for. Amen. Anybody remember Brother Garth Brooks ministering in that song, Sometimes I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers? A song all about who God didn't end up allowing him to marry. And so it had to happen. The loss of a loved one that taught you to take advantage of the time that you have here. There are just some things that we have to go through that are necessary in order to get us to a better place. Sometimes those moments look a lot like storms in our life. Because when we are in a storm, it is easy to get disoriented. Can I get an amen? How many of you ever been driving through the fog and the rain? Here, it was probably this week. And you're driving and it's raining so hard that you are forced to slow down. You are forced sometimes even to pull over. Because if you continue at the same pace that you've been going, you will crash and you will hurt yourself and maybe even somebody else. Progress seems suspended, but it had to happen in order to keep you safe. You see, heartbreaks and hard times have a way of making us question where we stand. They cause us to question where we are going or whether somehow we have been knocked off track. We ask within ourselves, is this the story that was supposed to be written of my life? Is this it? 
Is this what it was all about? You know, some people have a favorite verse that's not even a verse. A lot of people do. You can find it right in the first book of imagination. Amen. Just flip right over to the first book of imagination and it's right there. And you've probably quoted it. Some of you might get mad at me because it might be your favorite verse, but it's not a verse. It's not in the book. And here's what it says. It says, God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. Listen, that's not in the Bible. It's not there. Those words aren't in the scripture. But what is in the scripture is the constant reinforcement that God uses all sorts of things to accomplish his purpose and to fulfill his plans. He he devises all sorts of means by which his beloved be not banished. God uses stuff that we never would have thought that he would have used. God wanted to make a nation out of Abraham. So what does he do? He gives him one son. Not ten, not twelve. One son. Listen, God wanted to send Joseph to a palace. So he first sent him to a pit and to a prison. You and I wouldn't have chosen that path. But God used it. It was necessary to get Joseph where he was going. God wanted to establish his people in the promised land. So what did he do? In Joseph's generation, he brought all of them out of the land and into the the land of Egypt where they would become slaves for 400 years. But it had to happen. God wanted to make David a king. But after he anointed him, he sent him to a cave. But it had to happen. You see, God employs all sorts of strategies to accomplish His will. He doesn't always color inside of our lines. He doesn't always take the obvious route. When Israel is escaping from the Egyptians, the Bible says that He led them by the wilderness way because He knew that it was better for them to face the hardship of the desert than to fight battles with the nations on the route that would have seemed easier, that they would have turned back and they never would have made it if they went the way they thought they should go. It had to happen. In fact, the Bible says Israel grew discouraged because of the way. God was doing miracles, but they were still discouraged. God was bringing them through, but they're still discouraged. Why? Because this isn't how I thought 2020 would go. This isn't how I thought my life would end up. This isn't where I thought that I would be. And they grew discouraged because of the way. Yes, sometimes he works in mysterious ways. Because instead of using a king, sometimes he will call a servant. Instead of using a mighty man, he will recruit a Gideon. Instead of drafting an accomplished spokesman, he will call a stuttering shepherd named Moses. 2 Samuel 14, 14 says this, God devises means so that the banished will not be cast out and what I want you to see is that God is a string puller that you don't always see what he's doing you don't always understand how he's working but as they say even when we don't understand it even when I can't see it even when I don't know why he's doing what he's doing he never stops working he never abandons his plan he never abandons his promise he is the God God that dies his means. 
in the beginning of this message, I'd just like to encourage someone that just because God's plan looks different than you thought it would doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. It doesn't mean that you've messed it all up or that life has knocked everything off, of course. You are not crazy. God has not forgotten his promises. He has not abandoned his plans. And even in 2020, he's the same God that called you. The same God that cared for you. He's the same God that delivered you. And circumstances have not changed him. He's still the God that he was before all this began. And he is still on the throne. He is devising means that we do not understand. And that we cannot see. But somebody say he's still God. Why? Even in 2020, he's still God. Even in 2020, he's still devising means and strategies. And God sometimes uses storms in his repertoire of tools. Sometimes God uses storms to get us where we didn't know we needed to be. You see, in God's great tool chest, he has many means that he employs, and storms is one of them. In Matthew 14, the Bible says God sends his disciples. He he feeds the 5,000. Miracles are popping off left and right. Feeds the 5,000 and then he sends his disciples straight into a storm. I preached about it just a while back at the beginning of this pandemic. And he sends them into a storm. They are in the will of God. They are, are doing what Jesus told them to do. And they find themselves in a storm where Jesus comes walking on the water. And Jesus comes in the midst of the storm. He's unaffected by what they're affected by. And he comes to them and, and he devises means by which to communicate things because he comes walking on the water and when he calms the seas and comes in the boat, they say truly, this is the Son of God. Listen, Jesus literally sent his disciples into a life-threatening storm so that they could receive a life-changing revelation. Truly, they came out saying, truly, you are the Son of God. God didn't just send them to a storm, but he brought them through a storm. And it was necessary for them to understand who he was. It was necessary for them to understand what he's capable of, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him it was necessary for them to get a revelation in the midst of the storm if they hadn't seen him moving on the face of the waters they might have not have fully understood his identity because it was a necessary storm two chapters later Matthew 16 Jesus is with those same disciples and he asked them a question who do men say that I am Who do men say that I am? And they say, well, some say that you're Elijah. Some say that you're Isaiah. Some say a prophet. And and, and some, and he says, well, who who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up from among the 12. And he says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, just pardon me a little bit of license and liberty here to say, what if Peter hadn't been through that storm? Would Peter, with confidence, have been able to stand and declare, you are the Christ? You are the the Messiah you are the son of the living God and Jesus says to Peter Peter flesh and blood did not reveal this to you but my father which is in heaven we know that God revealed it to him but when did he reveal it to him 
I submit that it has a little bit to do with what happened just two chapters earlier when Peter said if it's really you I want to walk on the water too and the power that he had was conveyed to Peter and Peter could do what he did because of who Jesus was Peter was able to stand with clear eyes and a strong voice and say, Thou art the Christ. Why? Because in the storm he got a revelation. It was a necessary storm. Somebody say some storms are necessary. Acts 27 happens in the aftermath of Paul's trial before Agrippa and Festus and Paul a Roman had been arrested and imprisoned by the Jews in Jerusalem. And after years of holding him, they finally decide to send him to Rome to appeal to Caesar. He's literally been in custody for years now. But in custody, he's still preaching the gospel and ministering, laying hands on the sick, and they're being healed. And listen, Acts 27.1 says, When it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. So Julius, the centurion, uh, he, he takes Paul and it's his job to get Paul to Rome. And embarking in a ship of Adramatium, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, Paul says, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. And so they get in the boat, and Acts 27 begins to detail Paul's journey. And begins to detail all the ports that he goes through. And... He's on his way to Rome in Italy. And Paul had plenty of reasons to be frustrated in his faith. He had been arrested and falsely accused by the Jews. His trial had been delayed by people pleasing politicians who were too afraid to displease the Jews and release him like they should have done. In fact, when it comes time to sail him away or ship him away, Agrippa says, well, Paul, if you hadn't appealed to Rome, we could have just let you go. Uh, Sir Agrippa. What have you been doing the last couple years? <laughs> Paul was in prison. He had plenty of reason to be frustrated. Plenty of reason. And now he's on a ship to Rome as a prisoner. And everything starts going wrong in verse 9. Acts 27, 9, things take a turn. Since much time had passed, he says, the voyage was now dangerous. Started out smooth, but now it's dangerous. And Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our life. Before the storm ever come, Paul was saying, Guys, we better chill. We better stop. It's getting winter time. I see what's on the horizon. We're going to lose this ship. We might even lose our lives. I, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and loss. Now listen. That word perceive in the Greek means to know by the Spirit. Paul saw supernaturally what they could not see in the flesh. He knew what was coming. And, and they were looking at the conditions around them. But Paul was seeing in the Spirit. And he was seeing that some things were going to happen that were ahead of them. That they had an opportunity to avoid. That if they would listen to the voice of God through the man of God. That they didn't have to go through what they were about to go through. Paul said, everybody stop. Quit! You're going to hurt yourself. How many times have I heard that right before I hurt myself? Paul was saying, please, guys. You don't know what I know. And I know you got a captain and a, a pilot of the ship, the helmsman, and he's got a lot of experience, but I've got a word from God. This is not going to end well. 
It's not going to go well. But verse 11 says the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And he starts weighing things in the balance. And, and the centurion says, I've got a job to do. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to keep rushing full ahead. Paul, you've been waiting a couple years. Don't you want to get there? Don't you want to get this over with? Maybe you'll be set free. Maybe you'll be a free man. He, you can come up with all sorts of reasons and justifications to ignore the voice of God. Hear me today. You can, you can come up with all sorts of experts that will tell you that there's another way to look at the circumstances that are around us. And you can pile them all up and not one of them stacks up to what God knows you're about to face. They gave more heed to what the helmsman said. And verse 12 says they decide to keep sailing. Enter ominous music here because Paul is saying, don't. God has shown me that this isn't going to go well. Listen, before 2020 came, God knew. God knew everything. Listen, it's been a rough year. I guarantee you, how many of you, on top of COVID, you've had some bad stuff happen this year? On top of COVID, you've lost loved ones. We buried several in this church this week. On top of all that, on top of a coronavirus and pandemic, there is chaos in our politics and hatred running rampant in our country. On top of all this, this is no small tempest. This is no small storm. But before it ever came, God saw it coming. And what unfolds next is not Paul's fault. But it is everyone else's fault. Because they wouldn't listen to him. Everything seemed to be going well until it wasn't. Can anybody relate to that? It's all going swimmingly until you show up to church and the AC won't kick on. <laughs> Not today, Satan. Jesus and Jillies is getting us through. <laughs> it's all good until it wasn't. Because listen to what happened. Verse 13 says, Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing... They had obtained their purpose. They weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. The first signs of the storm were a soft wind. I remember I listened to a podcast in January about the coronavirus pandemic in China. I said, what is coronavirus? Man, they have all kind of weird stuff over there. Well, good thing it's over there. Just a soft wind. Just a hint of what was to come. Just, just a taste. And they said, oh man, this is no big deal. In fact, this might even push us along to where we want to go. And so they start sailing by the soft wind. And listen, beware the voice of affirmation in its tender stage. Because sometimes there's easy going when you start heading in the wrong direction. Beware the voice that will pat you on the back when it comes time to sail the wrong direction because sometimes the greatest storms start with a soft wind. You have some friends that said, go for it, do it, it's a good idea. And the preacher or the voice of God in your life was saying, don't go there, that's dangerous. And somebody else came along and said, man, you got just enough juice to get this. Thing. Go on with your bad self, do it. 
It was a soft wind, but the Bible says a soft wind. They supposed they had their purpose. They thought they were doing good. They thought everything was going right. And now the south wind blew gently. But soon, verse 14 says, a tempestuous wind called a northeaster struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. All of a sudden, everything spun out of control. The soft wind turned on them and now what seemed like affirmation was in control anybody hear me underneath and reading between the lines here what started out as a as something that was encouraging to them now it took control and they could not face the strength of the wind and so the bible says their boat was just pushed along no control no ability to deal with it. They went from happy sailing to rough seas. And now they're no longer under control. In the next few verses they just are trying to salvage the ship. And shore up the ship. And save the equipment. And only to decide that they better get rid of all the cargo. And because the wind's blowing them. They think well maybe if we lighten the ship we'll be able to maneuver it. And the wind won't blow us so much because we're so heavy. And they start throwing out cargo. Things left and right. Don't need this. Don't need that. That, that backup uh, uh, gown that you had for the night suppers on the boat throw it out honey you don't need it anymore that extra backpack get it get rid of anything that you don't need because we're just trying to survive now and now they're just shedding things left and right losing left and right and they even throw the ship's tackle overboard they're giving themselves to the storm and when neither sun nor star appears for many days and no small tempest lay on us all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned it was no small storm it was a storm like they had never seen before they were unprepared to deal with this kind of storm Euryclidon was throwing stuff at them that they never saw coming does anybody relate to what I'm preaching to right now that this year we have faced things that we never have faced before and we struggle with feelings that we have never struggled uh, with before and, and we've got divisions in relationships and, and everybody's fighting over something all kind of stuff is getting thrown overboard hope is being abandoned because it was no small storm they are driven along out of control they've lost their cargo they've lost their tackle they haven't even seen the sun or the stars for many days which means they had no ability to navigate they didn't know where they were they didn't know how they got to where they were they didn't know how to get out of where they were they had no bearings they had no ability to deal with what was around them they were disoriented, discombobulated, and discouraged. And in moments like these, we start looking for reasons, don't we? God, why did you let this happen? We ask for explanations. God, why are we here? How did we get here? Why, why are things going that, uh, the way that they are? And, and I need you to know, first of all today, that the storm was not their fault. The storm wasn't their fault. Whether they were there or not, the storm was going to come. The storm was not their fault. There are situations that we do not control. Storms that are sent upon the earth that we have no ability to control. The storm was always beyond their control because storms happen. Amen? 
But listen, their experience in the storm was their fault. We start looking for reasons. Some of us, we blame the devil, don't we? Oh, man, the devil's been hitting the church hard. I've heard people say this pandemic's from the devil. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Storms happen. Pandemics happen. Things happen. I, I, whether it's from, from devil or not, I don't know. But what I do know is that Paul and, and his crewmates, his shipmates, didn't have to be where they were when the storm hit. You see, it's where you are when the storm hit that, that, that gauges your experience in the storm. They could have been back in port where they would have seen the waves, but they wouldn't have been out of control. They would have been safe and protected in a place of refuge. But because it, it wasn't the devil that put them there, it was their decisions. It was that the voice of God had spoken to them and they wouldn't listen to it. Paul said, sirs, I perceive. I know by the Spirit this isn't going to go well. And they said, ah, it'll be fine, Paul. It'll be good. We got experienced sailors here. They sail, they do it all the time. Somebody did it last year. They made it in the winter. But they were there because of their decisions. And, and let me just pause here and say, what if the storm of 2020 feels so rough for you because of where you placed yourself before it ever came? You see, it's not what you did in the storm that determines your experience. It's what you did before the storm. And some of you, before COVID ever came, you let your worship fall down to its feet or off of its feet. But before COVID ever came, your prayer life was already on its last legs. Before COVID came, you were already drifting and distant from God. And listen, maybe the storm seems bad for you because of what you did before it came. Paul said in verse 21, he stood up and he said, Men, you should have listened to me. You should have listened and not set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Paul was saying that it didn't have to be this way. The storm was always going to blow, but the reason that you were vulnerable, the reason that you were hurting, the reason that you were suffering, the reason that you were depressed, the reason that you were constantly fighting off anxiety is because of some decisions that you made before the storm and some credence that you gave to certain voices before the storm ever came. And sometimes it's not the devil that you're fighting. It's decisions. It's God spoke to you, but you went on and did what you thought you should do anyway. Ways. You thought it wouldn't affect you like it did others. You thought it would be different for you than others. But Paul tells him, I tried to tell you. I tried to help you know. And sometimes our heartache and anxiety and losses are a result of refusing to listen when God speaks to you through people who saw your storm coming. Is anybody here? I'm preaching in this house today. Here is the good news. That even though you failed to hear him, even though you listened to the pilot rather than the prophet, even though you suffered in a storm you didn't cause, but that you could have avoided, even though you didn't listen to Paul's message or to the message of the man of God, God had a message for the men 
who had refused his direction. In verse 22, Paul stands and he says, Brethren, he said, an angel of the Lord stood by me this night and he told me that we're going to make it, that we're going to lose some things in this storm and that some stuff won't come out that we came in with, but we're going to make it. He says, take heart, men, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart. For I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Paul's message of mercy is that even though they had placed themselves in a vulnerable place when the storm hit. The Bible says that, that God speaks to Paul and he says that in the middle of this storm you're going to lose some stuff. But God's going to save you through it. You're going to lose some things. But God's going to save you. Listen to what he says. He says, but we must Run aground on some island. We must run aground. Paul didn't give them a reason in the storm, but he gave them a revelation. An angel stood by me and said that we're going to make it, but we must run aground. And let me just pause and insert here before I move to the end of this message. Is that God's purpose always will prevail. The reason that they were going to make it is because God had not abandoned his plan for Paul. And there were people in Rome that Paul had to talk to. And God's purpose was on that ship. God's purpose was being conveyed by that boat. And God says, you know what, Paul? I've not abandoned my plan. I haven't abandoned my purpose. In fact, I'm going to give you all the souls that are with you. Doesn't it help when you're linked up with God's purpose? Doesn't it help when you're linked up with God's plan? If you're in the church and you're not involved in anything that is kingdom impacting, I want to tell you, link up with something that is involved in purpose and just believe that God will bring you through because his purpose always prevails and sometimes the path to purpose leads through pain and through storms the pain of bad circumstances the pain of bad decisions but hear me today that the storm was necessary Paul said we must run aground because in the storm they would learn some things they would learn the value of listening to God's voice and they would also lose some things. Paul said we must run aground. The souls will be saved but the ship will not make it. And the Bible tells the story that just as Paul said as they're coming in they start to see the shore for the first time in many days and they, they cut off their anchors and they make way towards the shore but the vessel the Bible says in verse 41 strikes a reef and they run aground and the bow sticks and remains unmovable and the stern is broken up by the surf and the soldiers were going to kill all the prisoners so that they could not escape but the centurion wishing to save Paul keeps him from carrying out the plan and he orders those who could swim to jump overboard and make for land and listen to what verse 44 says and the rest of them on planks or pieces of the ship so some swam to shore and some came floating in on remnants of what had brought them there but everybody made it through the storm. I want, I want Brother Toby to come. I'm, I just got a couple little points that I want to make that God gave me to talk to you about this storm that we're facing. Some stuff happened in that storm. Paul said we must run aground. 
It had to happen, Paul says. Because God's purpose and plan for me was to get to Rome. And this ship was never going to get us where God was taking us. There's some things in 2020 that will not survive. There's some things that brought us to this place that we can't ride on any further. There's some things that got us here that won't get us where we are going. Perhaps the message of 2020 is that you've been riding on some things that can't take you where God wants you to go. Some stuff that has to crash and break up in this storm called coronavirus, called 2020. There's some stuff that we need to leave behind in the storm. Listen, half-hearted worship might have brought us here, but it won't take us there. Routine, religiosity, and just going to church to punch a card or because you've been doing it the last 20 or 30 years. It may have got us here, but it won't take us there. Some storms are necessary. Because Paul lost something in the storm that was never destined to take him where God intended and designed for him to go. Some things were broken up by the wind and the waves. Listen, a shower prayer, a shallow prayer, prayer life may have brought you here, but it won't take you there. You know what? We go to church and we think like the world, and we never dug deeper than a Sunday service into our faith. And that may have brought you here, but hear me in 2020, that will not take you where God wants you to go. It brought us here, but it can't take us there. It might have made us vulnerable and weak and fearful, but I hear the voice of God saying that you will survive the storm, but some stuff that you've been riding on isn't going to make it with you. Some stuff has to be adjusted and rearranged if we're going to end up where God called us to be. It was a necessary storm because it took them to a place they never planned to go. The Bible says they crashed on Malta. And the word Malta literally is derived from a word that means a refuge. And Paul never planned on going to Malta. He never planned on preaching in Malta. He never planned on being stuck and marooned in this place. And he was there for months. Never planned on it. Never saw it coming. But God crashed his boat on a place called Malta. And when the people of the, of the island, they called them barbarians because they didn't speak their language. They welcomed them in. And they came in and brought them into camp. And while Paul was in the camp making a campfire, he reached down into a pile of wood. And a snake jumps out and bites Paul on the hand. First a storm, then a snake. But it had to happen. It was necessary to get Paul where he needed to be. And where he needed to be was by that fire where a snake would bite him. And it wasn't just a little bite. Because the Bible says Paul had to shake it off into the fire. And these people see this preacher come out covered in seaweed and the muck and the mire of the storm. Having been pushed along for 14 days out of control, hungry. And they see him walk up to a fire and he grabs a piece of wood and a snake bites him. And it should have killed him. They said, surely this man is cursed. 
But when Paul shakes it off into the fire, their opinions change. Listen, what people think about you doesn't matter when God is with you. God can shift public opinion. God can shift what people think and what people say. And they say, surely he is a curse. This man, he's been shipwrecked. Now he's snake bit. But Paul, in the power of the Holy Ghost, shakes it off into the fire. Some of you ought to shake some stuff off today that the enemy has tried to put on you. You ought to shake some things off today that 2019 put on you. Paul shakes it off in the fire. But look what happens. Is there in that place of refuge, the man named Publius, who was the leader of these barbarians, hears about what has happened with Paul. And he so happened, the Bible said, it just happened that his father-in-law was sick. And so he calls Paul to his father-in-law's house. And Paul walks into a house he was never supposed to be at. In an island that he was never supposed to be on. In a place that he never had planned because he came through a storm that other people subjected him to and that he could not control. And Paul stands in the house of Publius and he lays hands on the sick and the sick recovers and when that happens something gets a hold of that island and the Bible says that people start to come from everywhere and there on the island of Malta Paul began to preach the gospel and many were healed and many were saved because it had to happen it had to happen stand with me it had to happen It was a necessary storm. Some of us have been so frustrated, so worried, so sick of this year. Can I get an amen? Anybody sick of this year? Paul, drifting along for days with neither sun nor stars. When will this end? I don't know when it will end, but I know this, that some storms are necessary because they break up what cannot carry us. And I'm preaching to somebody in the close of this service that let God break it up. Stop trying to hang on. Paul said that we've got to cut the anchors. We've got to lose this ship if we want to save our lives. Don't go down with the ship of yesterday. Don't go down with the ship of subpar, sub, uh, sub uh, committed Christianity. Don't go down on that ship. Cut the anchors. Cut it loose. Let it break to pieces because the storm is a necessary storm. Listen, in the close of this service, I want to say that God wants to use some of you like He's never used you before. He wants you to be be in a place that you've never been before. He wants you to arrive at a place of ministry that you've never saw coming. God wants to use this storm. It's necessary. And so we've got to let Him work because even when we don't understand it, He's still working. We've got to let Him do His thing. We can't be afraid. We've got to keep believing. We've got to keep praying. We've got to keep trusting. We've got to keep worshiping because God has a purpose in this storm. How many of you feel some things breaking up in your life? Some things being washed away. I love in closing, I love this. The Bible says they didn't come in on the ship but some of them floated in on pieces and parts. They couldn't swim 
but they were saved because there are some things that God will salvage from your past but there's some things that he's going to open up in your future and somebody needs to hear this today that God has a plan and God has a purpose and God wants to use this church like he's never used it before God wants to use your family look if you've never discipled within your own family it's time to let that old ship of just relying on the church and its teaching to disciple your family and your kids it's time to let that ship break up because it's a new season it's a new day and God is going to do some new things in our heart and in our life singers I want you to come we're going to lift our hands in this place if you've been discouraged if you've had anxiety it's time to come to God today and say Lord would you do what only you can do God come on would you lift up your hands all across this room God I pray right now for those that are discouraged for those who don't understand why they're facing what they're facing that God it had to happen it had to happen to wake us up God help them to know God it had to happen to stir up the gift that is in us God it had to happen to get us to a place of ministry God there are people that need your gospel that have never heard it before there are people that need healing and restoration that have never experienced it before and God you've got to work for us even in this place even in this hour come on that's it would you pray Lord we pray right now God that you would give us an understanding that there's a necessary storm it had to happen in my life it had to happen in my family it had to bring me to a place where I can hear the voice of God it had to bring me to a place where I was willing and able to minister Lift your hands and worship right now. God on the horizon. On the horizon. The dark of night giving way to the dark. The day is coming and hope is rising. Your joy will be my strength. Your joy will be my out for something bigger something better something greater come on somebody other pray Lord use me Lord use me for your glory God use me in this place I've come to use me in the name of Jesus I feel in the spirit that God wants to use some people in ways that he has never used you or in ways that he has not used you in a long time. Listen, I believe there are people in this room right here that will lay hands on sick family members and God will heal them because of some faith you found in the storm. I believe God has a word in your mouth for somebody who's lost and searching and you would have thought it will never be me but listen, all this has had to happen to bring you to a place where you could hear the voice of God. Where you could be used of God in a way that you never thought that you would. Listen, God doesn't just water His church, but He prunes it. 
and we've been through a pruning season some things are falling away and what remains and what survives is going to save us what survives is going to help others what survives is going to bring healing to the world around us listen the old has to die behold Jesus said I make all things new and I wonder if somebody before we leave could just reach out in the spirit and grab a hold of something and say Lord I want you to use me I want you to use me for your glory I want you to use me for your purpose God I want you to help me to save a soul to help me to witness to somebody who's never heard the gospel help me to reach somebody that was unreachable pray that your voice would speak and let that crystal clear voice begin to speak to hearts right now of things that are falling away and that are being peeled away by the circumstances around us God I pray Lord that your church would come out brighter God let our lamp not be hidden in these hours where the world has abandoned hope because of the storm God let your church shine brighter God, let Christian life become a place of healing and restoration, Lord. I pray for these altars, Lord, that they would fill up again with souls that are hungry for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray for these pews, Lord, that they would be filled again with hungry hearts looking for answers. For, Lord, this storm was necessary. And, Lord, I believe you're going to use it. You're going to use it to, to meet people in a place that we never thought we would meet them. God, to meet people that we never would have connected with. God, to win people that we never would have reached. We pray you would do it according to your divine power and according to your excellent plan. God, we trust you and we give you our hearts and lives today. If you believe that, would you just say amen? Somebody turn to your neighbor and say it was necessary. God bless you. We're going to dismiss it this time. Please be here Wednesday night. We're continuing our series, Truth Over Trends. But let God's voice lead you this week. May God richly bless you.